0: Good morning, Freedom Center. I am so glad to see this place filled again. As as we're looking at this Thursday night service coming up, it's like, it seems like when we're announcing growth, sometimes you're like, oh, they're growing, I'll just kind of back off. But here today, I just feel the sense of sustained, like, I'm looking forward to Thursday nights and looking forward to the future with you. Um, I've got 131 months before I turn 65 years old. That'll wake you up in the morning, right? And uh, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm done at 65 by no means. I, I, I might die today. I might die when I'm 105, but I'm going to keep talking about Jesus so the day I die. And I'm just here to tell you this, guys. I think, honestly, this isn't like some statement. Our greatest days are ahead of us. God bless America. Vote for me in November. I, I really feel like, like the last 25 years have been building us up for the next 15. And we are just moving into areas so beautifully. So God bless you guys. You guys ready to get in the Word today? Well, come on, let's do it. So um, we've been talking about, in the month of September, we talked about the stewardship of time. And we went through things like the rhythms from the Garden of Eden, talked about priorities of rest and work and God time and so forth. October, we're going to be spending our time talking about the resources that God puts in our hearts resources that God puts in our hands, and then all next month, November, during deer hunting season. So most of the guys will hear this in your earbuds as you're waiting for an innocent woodland creature to come in front of you and then just shoot it right through the heart. Amen. Um, we're talking about your talents, like, like really the stewardship of what God gives us, what God makes us, what God gives to all people. That's what we're talking about. And if you get these three things right, the odds of you actually investing your life are, are just greatly expanded. If you get these three things wrong, do you see how like getting your time wrong, you're going to end up wasting your whole life? You get your resources wrong, you can end up wasting every opportunity God sends your way. You get, like, your giftings wrong, and you end up screwing this nut into this bolt for the rest of your life when you were created to plow that ground or sell that insurance or build that church. What ends up happening is at the end of your life, you didn't live your life. You lived someone else's. And so I want us to, to really dial in. So this week, we're going to be talking about um, that we're starting the thing on resource. And we're going to talk about rhythms from the Garden of Eden this week. Next week, we're going to talk about priorities and then debt and then generosity. So those are weeks that are, that are coming. But I want us to... Go back to the very beginning before the fall of man and look at what God established. Remember, we did this with, with our time? We said, What did God establish? We saw a Sabbath, we saw work, we saw rest, we saw recreation. We're going to do the same thing now with the resource, back before the fall of man. People, you know, what is God's will for my life? Well, how many of you guys could argue that, that the will of God was what He gave them to do before there was sin, before there was sinful things like the IRS or Ohio State? God said, This is the way I want you to live, right? And people from Napa what's wrong with Ohio State? I'll, I'll disciple you all this afternoon. Look we'll at this. It's very important. When they beat Michigan State, they're okay. But rather than that, they're not so good. Too soon. Too soon. All right. So let's go back and take a look at this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Get out your Bibles. Come on. They're on your phone. They're on your tablet. There's a, a Bible provided for you right underneath your, uh, in your hand. There's none on your pew because uh, we don't have pews. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God speaking. Then God said, this is so cool, let us make man in our image. I like that, in our likeness. So I'm not just, I don't just look like him. I am like him in the garden. This is how he created Adam and Eve, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, over the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. So deer hunting is biblical. Everybody said amen. Salmon fishing is biblical. So, oh, no, we're pacifists. We can save the, lick the toads. Like, don't lick toads. Eat the toads, Okay and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, we're going to really dial into the next two verses. So God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Look at verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, this here is his blessing, fruitful be, multiply is, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over, and he goes on and on and on, the, the birds, and the but I just want to stop right there. So there's a mandate. There's a blessing that comes from God. The blessing is fruitfulness, multiplication, the ability to subdue, and the authority to rule over. Now, as we talk about resource, remember this. I think so often in our hearts, we think of money like there's not enough of it, debt like there's too much of it, opportunity as if it's always for somebody else. Even in our culture, guys, we have resented people who've done well in business, thinking that is carnal to do well in business. They're the evil 1%, and, you know, politicians run off of this, and preachers preach against it. Or you've maybe got the other extreme, where your faith is validated by resource. If you had great faith, you'd have more money. I'm not here today to say how much money you should or shouldn't have. I think that's between you and God. Somebody. Say, Amen. But I am saying this: there's a peace that comes from contentment, that comes from knowing who He is, that comes from just Him revealing Himself. I, my goal for you is not that you'd have twice as much tomorrow as you have today. My goal for you is not that you would have half as much tomorrow because you know money's the root of all kinds of evil stuff. My 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 heart for you is this: that at some point you actually look around what you have, and you look inside who you are, you look inside who He is to you, and you say, "It's good." Like, it's really good. Yeah, but your car, you need a new... It's good. But your kids need to have a better... It's good. How many, guys, how many guys are just long for a moment in your life where you can look around at the resource, the debt, the opportunity, and just kind of look at everything and say, God, you are so... Come on. Good. That's my heart for you. So whether that's in a, a log cabin that you built with your own two hands and there's moss in the cracks to keep the critters out in the snow, or are you in a mansion? It means nothing to me. I think there's spiritual people that live in mud huts. I think there's spiritual people that live in mansions. I think there's heathens that live in mud huts, and there's heathens that live in mansions. This is not a get-rich-quick thing. This is not even a microwave. If anything, the biblical principles of prosperity are a crockpot. It's a little bit over a long time. So we're going to take a look at these things, but right now I just want to take a look at this blessing. What was the original intent when God blessed Adam and Eve? And remember this. We're going to look at this through this lens. Whatever was lost in the Garden of Eden because of sin, I believe, and the Bible dictates, is restored through the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at what it was. Well, that was for them. I mean, they were naked. I mean, are you really giving that biblical? Not in front of you. I'm not. No. You know what I mean? I uh, wear the nicest fig leaf I can afford. Thank you, God, because that would be a great distraction for all. So let's just move on. All right. Here's the bus. Let's take a look. The first thing: be fruitful. The Hebrew word parach. Everybody say parach. You got to clear your throat at the end. Parach. How you guys know Hebrew and Klingon are almost identical in their in their pronunciation? Be fruitful. The word para, para means prosper, branch off, produce, and increase. It's basically saying this. Before this blessing, this is what you look like. You're a branch. There's potential. There's roots. There, there's, but, but what there's lacking right now is fruitfulness. And when he said the blessing of fruitfulness is now yours, they went from this to this. This, this is the blessing. He's letting them know that you weren't just created to be. You were created to be fruitful. My blessing comes to you in such a way that you're not just an apple, but you're also an apple tree. Does this make sense? So God's blessing of fruitfulness causes us to be able to bring out of our being the good things that provide for ourselves, that provide for others, that provide for His glory, that procreates other people. There's a difference, guys, between the blessing of fruit and the blessing of fruitfulness. Please hear me because it's all in this word parach, okay? There's a difference between being blessed with an apple and being blessed with an apple tree. There's a difference between being blessed with an apple and having a blessed apple that's able through seed to produce more apples. So um, the apple has a blessing. How many of you guys are blessed by an apple? A good, crunchy, cold, crispy, sweet. Come on, somebody salivate with me. Amen. right? It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be an apple. It's the blessing of fruit, but an apple tree has the blessing of fruitfulness. Are you getting the difference? So when God blesses Adam and Eve, he's not just saying, "Get an apple. He's saying, as an apple tree reproduces, so you will reproduce. Now, some would say, well, that's, that's great. They're supposed to have kids. No doubt about it. Part of that blessing was, was the, the ability to procreate. But do not miss that they're in a setting where God's setting up the parameters for all time, for all places. So it's not just about having babies. How many of you guys know when you have babies, you also need to have a job? When you have babies, you need to have a farm. When you have babies, you need to have goats and chickens and pigs and eggs and all that. Listen, he's blessing them and letting them know part of who you are, part of the blessing. I'm giving you an ability. The ability is not just to eat my apples. The ability is as an apple tree produces apples, so you will produce. So you think about this. What would this look like in a modern day and age? I think certainly it can look like apple trees. I think if you plant an apple tree and God blesses that apple tree, how many of you guys know you're going to be eating apples? Applesauce, apple pie, cream of apple soup. You're going to have so many apples. You're going to be blessed with apples and cursed with bees, right? I mean, that's going to be your, your thing. Um, but today, if we're not in agriculture, what else would this look like? And I think it looks something like this. I think people that understand God's desire for us to, to be fruitful Look at life differently than those who don't understand that. Let me explain that. Someone looks at a mountain, and a slave looking at a mountain goes, I hope my master doesn't make me climb that. I hope my master doesn't want the tree from the top of it. I hope my master doesn't want snow from the the top of that peak. But a person who understands the blessing of fruitfulness goes, I bet you there's gold in them there hills. I bet you I can harness the energy of the river as it comes down I, and create a mill. I bet you I can take the waters that come out every spring and irrigate fields with it. In other words, one person sees an opportunity, another person just sees a, a job to do. Does that make sense? When you go to a garage sale, you're doing one of two things. You're going to actually look for something knowing that it's not there. And if it was there, it was gone in the first 10 minutes. Or you're going there because in your mind, there might be an opportunity. How many of you guys have ever gone to a garage sale, saw something that had a $5 thing on it, and said, you know, I think that's worth about $25? You bought it, you sold it on eBay or Craigslist. Let me see your hand. You've done that. All right, blessings on you, right? I, I, let me ask you this. If God can bring opportunities your way at a garage sale, can God bring your opportunities in other places that make more than $20? Okay, so this is opportunities, this is investments, this is ideas, this is creativity. God blessed Adam and Eve with more than just go have babies. He blessed them with the ability to multiply who they were, what they were, what meant something to God. And and we see it soon afterwards because their children are bringing resources to God as sacrifices, as offerings. So hear me please. When God blessed Adam and Eve with this ability, he took them from a branch with no fruit to the branch, the same branch, telling them, branch, listen to me, you have the, the ability to produce apples, and he blesses them with fruitfulness. You guys still here? Anything that creates fruitful dynamics have ongoing blessing, right? But that's not where the blessing ends. He goes on to this. He says, "Rebach, Everybody say, Rebach." <laughs> okay, good. Multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Ability meets identity. Become great. Become many. Become much. That's the blessing of Rabach. So it goes from this. I got an apple in my hand. That's a a blessing, right? That's not the blessing God gave them. Multiply means I don't give you lots of apples. It's I give you an orchard to tend. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. A tree is fruitful, but an orchard is a multiplication of that fruitfulness. So ideas again, creativity, children, grandchildren, all the blessings of the Lord, they don't just come to us one at a time. There's an ability within us to produce more of what God wants on the earth. Are you getting this? So rebach is ability. Rebach, sorry, parach, gesundheit, is ability. This word means identity, the steward of the orchard, right? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, the blessings of the Lord brings about wealth. And, it, and he adds no sorrow to it. There is a blessing that God can bring that brings such, such joy and such freedom with it, and then there's a blessing that we can produce on our own that actually creates more of a burden to manage what we've blessed ourselves with. It makes you know when God blesses you, and you don't bless yourself beyond God's blessing, and you don't deny God's blessing and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy. I'm unworthy, but when, you, when you're right in that sweet spot where God has given you ability, God has given you identity, God has given you authority, and you're walking and operating in the blessings of God. Not only is there enough, there's enough for you and those around you. So in this, God's blessing makes a person rich, brings wealth, but there's no sorrow added to it, and, it's, and, and the NIV says, without painful toil. So you've got to imagine this. There's, there's two types of jet skis. One, God gave you. You cruise around the lake. You enjoy it with your family. The other one you might have blessed yourself with that only works in December breaks every spring, and is in the repair shop until November. That, that is always a headache, or it's just not used. I, 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 I bought this, and I need more free time, so I bought a jet ski. I bought a, a powerboat. I bought a, an RC plane. I, I bought a, and here I am, and I don't have time to enjoy an RC cola, let alone an RC plane. Like, I, I wanted to bless myself, and in blessing myself, it never gets used. I sell it for half of what I paid for. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? So, the, the blessings of the Lord bring riches. Let's just say the same thing. They bring enrichment to our lives, and we do use them. We do enjoy them. God does maintain them, if you will. So, God's blessing continues from para, ability, rebach, identity, to kabash. This means to subdue, to subject, and it's, and it's in opposition to being subjected. So, this is the ability to rule and rule, rule over fish. Don't let fish rule over you, rule over fish. Rule over the birds of the sky. Don't let the birds of the sky rule over you. The beasts of the field. Don't let cows who who don't do what they should do be off the barbecue pit by nightfall. Like, like they should serve you. You should should take dominion over them. There's something that I've given, and they have a free will of their own. They have a mind of their own. They have muscles of their own. But I want you to learn how to make Shamu jump through a hoop. I want you to teach horses how to gallop in circles and jump through burning hoops. I want you to train. I want you to, to dominate. Do not be subdued by them. Don't be afraid of the wolves. Don't be afraid of the deer. Don't be afraid of the wolves eating the deer. You, you have to have dominion over the earth, so subdue them. Now, we have, uh, we have to be aware of kibosh, again, as part of the blessing because we are sub- to subdue, as Jesus has given us, the world around us. Does this make sense? If the world subdues the church, the world is in trouble. If the church subdues the world, the world is blessed. So as we look at opportunity, as we look at issues and problems, I I know sometimes people are like, I don't want to be that Christian that's always fighting something. And I get that. But let me also say the world should always be at odds with the church, and the church should not back down from the fight. To to surrender ground because I don't want to be that Christian I'm telling you, if you don't fight somebody, I'm not sure you are a Christian. Does this make sense? Light versus dark. Light keeps withdrawing because I'm going to offend the dark. Well, what happens is eventually there's no light, there's just dark. And as we get into more teachings on debt and income and wealth, if the church takes the stance that all money is evil, then who has all money? It's the wrong side. All industry is evil. Our life should be simpler than who has all industry. All education, all government all entertainment, all mass media, if we withdraw as light from any circumstance, we surrender ground to darkness. So there are places where we've erroneously, wrongly left thinking that was worldly and Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming for a church that has overcome by faith the world. I I would say this to you. If you ever felt led to run for office, probably wasn't the devil that challenged you to do that. If you know anything about serving in public office, then you know better than to even think about it. If, if God ever challenged you to start a company or you felt in your heart, I, I should be an entrepreneur, I should get, so I just got this dream and Sunday, 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 time ran out. I'm telling you guys, hear me. There is, there is something inside of us that needs to fight something outside of us for us to be healthy. But God's kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Not what Jesus said. I have not come to bring you peace," Jesus said. <laughs> he said, "In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart; I've overcome the world." He said, "In this world you will not have peace, but I give you a sword, and that sword is is for war." How many of you guys know God didn't give us a pillow? Just go. <laughs> he gave us a sword. Swords are not to threaten; swords are to draw blood. Swords are to disembowel enemies. Swords are for warfare. And the only reason He gives us an M16 is it wasn't going to be invented for another 1,900 or so years. Or he'd have given us an M16. He'd have given us an AK-47. He'd have given us a bazooka. He'd have given us a Claymore mine, man. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Kaboom! It's wonderful. Sometimes I miss the army. Some of you are like, I can't imagine why, you know. Subdue the earth. Subjecting things versus being subjected by circumstances. You say, well, how could I as a child of God become the subject of something other than God? Listen, things like debt, And we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks, so make sure you breathe a lot of oxygen before you come in the room because it's going to be quiet that Sunday, all right? Debt, how many hours a month do you work before you work your first hour for your children's inheritance? Some of us, the answer is all of them. I don't have a dime for my children's inheritance. Some of us, it's paycheck to paycheck. It was 70-some percent of Americans, if given a, I think it was a $500 crisis, could not come up with $500 to meet that immediate need and they have to go on credit card. And this is what credit cards are, and we'll get into this in a couple weeks. I don't want to get too far into this, but when I put my money into a bank, they give me how much interest? Anybody know? Mike, you're a, you're a financial guy. What, what, how much should, what will a bank give me on a money market? Not So 1%? Less than 1%? Okay. But if I want to borrow... The bank doesn't print money. It has money that people put in deposit and then loans that money to other people. Does that make sense? So I give them my money. They give me, let's say, less than 1%. I borrow my money from them. What do they charge me? That's why their building's bigger than your house. Because I loan it to them. I put it on loan with them. They give me less than 1%. I borrow from them. It's 9 if it's good. It's 12 if it's bad. It's 38 if I'm bad and don't have... So 38% and they're loaning whose money? We're going to get into this. You can become a subject. You can become a slave simply by misspending your money by borrowing it, right? Greed can make you a slave because how much is enough? The answer is just another dollar, right? Jealousy, uh, envy, all these things. We can actually get to the place where we don't even enjoy what we have because we're so angry that we don't have what they have. You can become a slave to this stuff. So we're going to get into this a little bit later on, but I just want you to know something. God's blessing brings with it the beauty of powerful contentment. If I know I am where I'm supposed to be in the center of the will of God, how many of you say oh, It doesn't matter if He drives a Lexus and I drive a less than. I'm not saying Lexus is bad. I, I would see there, pointing it out. Now the music comes in to make sure everybody wants to buy a Lexus. Feel that, right? But God's blessing even continues from there. Radach, rule, dominate, have dominion, rule over. This this speaks of our blessed, God-given authority. When God sets up Adam and Eve, he sets them up in such a way that they become the well from which the world is now going to drink. Now, he, God himself is their well, but he creates within them a well that, that quenches the thirst of need in the world. Does this make sense? He gives them dominion. They're to rule over. He gives them, and I just have it down, he gives them ability to be fruitful. He gives them identity and multiply. He gives them position where he says subdue, and he gives them authority where he says rule over. Ability, identity, position, and authority. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and rule over. Parach, rabach, kabash, radach. <laughs> How many of you guys will remember those four Hebrew words? I'm reading it right off of this. It was the right of Adam and Eve to rule over everything that I saw they're right they're God given right let me just ask you one question um, and, and I don't know the answer to this so this is, this is King Jim English and, and, I, and, and a sermon that comes from my heart that I think is a valid question let me just ask you this do you think that when God gave them that blessing that that they weren't already in a position to be blessed I, I'm saying this wrong Adam and Eve are standing there. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Do you believe that anatomically suddenly things that procreate were suddenly added to their body? Or do you think God just told them what that stuff was for? Terrible, but you got it, right? People are like, I don't want to make eye contact with my pastor right now. Was there an earth that was to produce fruit before the blessing? And did the earth produce fruit before the blessing? There was a garden God planted, so Yeah. Or do you think that when God told them that they were blessed in those area, it unleashed the blessing that was always latent inside of them? Jesus is in the boat, Mark chapter four, a great storm, he's asleep on the cushion, water starts coming on the boat, and people who were, who were raised on that lake, on the sea, they, they knew they were in trouble. The tax collector, he was probably panicked when he got in the boat, but people like Peter you know, that, that were raised in a boat, knew the boat, knew that water, fished those dark waters many, many, many nights, thousands of nights had been spent on that sea. He knew they were drowning. They look and Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. Anybody ever wondered why that is? Like when Peter's screaming and the wind's howling. The Bible calls it a furious squall. I, I just hit the picture of like my mother-in-law being angry or something. You know what I mean? Like there's a, just the like wind and rain and waves and, and Jesus is... I think we see a picture in Mark chapter 4 of what's being talked about in Genesis chapter 1. You are blessed because the blesser is with you. Hear me. But until you understand who he is and what he wants to do, until you wake him up, until you activate what is already with you, who you already are, if you persist in unbelief, you will die in a storm you are intended to dominate. If you don't know who you are, you will die in debt not realizing God's will for your life. If you don't take advantage of opportunities as they come along to be fruitful and multiply, and you say, that's, that's not for me, I'm just not that. I would, it's not. All I want is, if you don't understand God brings blessings our way, and, and he's just, Jesus is asleep in the back of your boat, and you're like, Why, God? Why is the storm of debt? Why is the storm of poverty? Why is this generational curse lingering on my life? Hear me. I don't think Jesus wants us to die in debt. I don't think poverty is a blessing from God. It's a gut wrenching reality for a huge part of our planet. But I would say this to you I, I think what's missing is not the, the, the anatomical substance. What's missing is not the raw material. What's missing is the understanding of who you are and what God has for each and every one of you. And if you understood it, then things start to change. Now branches produce fruit, and fruit produces seeds, and seeds produce orchards, and orchards produce... Does this make sense? This is the blessing of the Lord. Dina, can I share a little bit of your story? Okay, so Dina started a business. I we'll won't talk about the business because this platform is not for promoting business. But the intent of the business was to be a blessing. Not a dollar would be spent on anything that she wanted. But she had a heart that certain students—they um, didn't have the right cars in FCMa. So she just started doing something. The something was blessed by God. It was an idea, it took effort, and all that kind of stuff. And last week was it, or the week before? Last week, she was able to purchase for the first time a serviceable, beautiful, shiny, clean car for one of our students whose car died and agonized it. She just wrote a check for it, bought it. Well, what is that? That's, that's be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over instead of saying, oh, God. These students drive these cars by faith and not by sight. I, it's a miracle any time they arrive at one piece. I literally was out there praying one day, and I saw these chucklehead FCMA students, these young kids. I was so mad. They drive right down into that retention pond over there. I'm like, what are you doing? This, this is not your own fault. And I'm, I'm looking. I get up from the Word of God telling me about peace and love. These stupid kids. Which chucklehead's getting out? Because I'm going to ream them when they come out. Who's, who's the... And I, I realized after about 10 minutes, there's nobody in that car. But the, 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 the letter P kind of thinks it's the letter N. And the wind blew, and it rolled her car down into the ditch. Dina saw that, too. She said, you know what? I don't believe it's God's will for our students to drive death traps. I think if they're going to learn about the blessings of God, they need to be blessed by the blessings of God so they can, they can share the blessings of God. Does this make sense? So she took it. And this isn't in my notes, and I'm just, I'm just going with the flow here. The clock says I still have three minutes. So I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm blessed to bless I'm created to create I'm blessed to be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it rule over it I can't sitting here saying wow I wish people were more I wish people were less I'm here to tell you guys I believe with all my heart that what you're missing is not the anatomical equipment to reproduce I think you're missing God's blessing you don't know what he's telling you to do there's an ignorance that produces the same fruit as absence as if you couldn't you just don't, because you don't know that you can. So let me just do this in closing. Matter of fact, do this. Stand up, will you? I, I, this is kind of a holy moment. I'm not sure there is such a thing as kind of a holy moment, but in, in my heart, in the last two minutes, I just, I just want to say to you what I believe God says over all of his kids, not just you, not just here, not just now. And as Adam and Eve didn't realize that from the two of them could come billions of them, maybe you don't realize that from one of you, God can do amazing things. God has in his heart amazing things for you. Some would say, Jim, I'm too old. Like I I got my check. It comes every month. I I get that. But if you're still here, are you still here to be a blessing? Are you just here to kind of coast and you know what I mean? Like we got to quit living. Like the goal of life is to arrive safely at death. It's not. It's to bear fruit that will last for the king. You're still breathing, then you're still investing. You're still loving, you're still believing. So here's the blessing that God gave to Adam and Eve, and I believe that because of the cross of Christ removed every obstacle, every sin, those of you who are in Christ, the original blessing back in the Garden of Eden, lost for thousands of years, now restored through the cross of Christ and witnessed and testified and empowered by the Holy Spirit for us today, I think God would say this to you. I think God blesses you, and God says to you, be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Rule over it. Would you do this right now? Take your hand, put it over your heart. You don't have to do this, but I pledge allegiance. Ready? Here we go. So I want you to make this personal. In other words, we're going to say, God blesses me. Okay? Say this right now. God blesses me and says to me, what? Be and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over. Say it again with a more force. God blesses me, and he says to me, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over. Rule. Father, if, our, if what's underneath our hand is ruled over by you, then we're in a position to rule over it. If what's underneath our hand is, is, is fruitful because of you, then we're positioned to be fruitful. That blessing that was spoken in the garden, I believe echoes for all eternity for those who will understand the blessings that exist. There's a fruitfulness that is ours because you created us, and now you bless what you've created. There's a multiplication that's ours because you created us, and now you bless us with the ability to multiply. God, I pray in Jesus' name against all the, the cursed bondage, all the the inferior thinking, all the this is not for me, all the, man, we're talking about money a lot lately. I, I pray against all of it in Jesus' name. I pray that you would bless your people, first of all, with the knowledge of your blessing, so that as they move into this, they know they're not fighting you. You're not fighting them. You're fighting with them. You're beside them. You're in them. You're through them, God. And I pray a blessing on every business that is and every blessing that is not yet. I pray a blessing on every investment that is and every investment of resource that is not yet. I pray, God, over every offering that's been taken since 1961 in this place, and every offering that will be taken to the last day this church is in existence. I pray your blessing on what is and what is not yet. It's not talking about money. Church, hear me, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. I am not talking about money. Money is an expression of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ability, identity, position, and authority. Ability, God-given. Identity, God-given. Position, God-granted. And authority, God-delegated. In every area of our life, in government, in politics, in on and on it goes, we have authority. We have ability. We have position. We have identity through Christ. Somebody say amen. So, Father, right now, I pray for those who like their words to me. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd build a bridge for these words to go from their ears to their hearts. It's not what I know. It's who I am that matters now. Make us these people. Make us these blessed people. Listen, 90 seconds, I'm going to let you go. But you're here today, and you're like, I feel something in my heart. I feel something in my mind. It's hard to describe, but there's something stirring in me, and I... It's like it wants to say yes to something. This is what you want to say yes to. It's not to money. It's, it's not to getting rich. It's not to getting out of debt. Those things are attractive. Those things are appealing. But it's kind of like, man, I really like reading the Bible. That's wonderful. But the Bible's not there to be enjoyed as much as it's there to reveal the heart of the author. In so many ways, God's provision is not there so you enjoy the provision. It's there that you enjoy the provider, <laughs> right? You're here today. You're like, I, I want this. This is a fruit of him. What you really want is him. What your heart really longs for is not more money and less debt. It really longs for your provider to be active and engaged in your life. It's time to wake up Jesus who's in your boat right now and say, yes, calm my storm. Give me peace. Let me walk on water. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, how could you possibly go from ignorance of the, the, the creator to in one decision, what's the journey? What's the path? What mountain do I have to climb? What, what gift do I have to give? What death do I have to die? None of the above because Jesus traveled the journey, because Jesus died the death, because Jesus paid the debt. Literally, it's turning from your heart away from him to turning towards him and saying, I believe with all my heart, no doubts, no fears. Jesus, you are the son of the living God. you lived a sinless life. You died a death that paid the debts for all the things that I've done. Everything that beat me, you defeated, and now you give me your victory and take upon you my defeat on the cross. If we'd have died, we'd have stayed dead, But because death has to do with sin, and Jesus had no sin. On the third day, he rose from the dead. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ says, Lord, I believe that God raised him from the dead. You believe that in your heart, you you confess that with your mouth. The Bible says you'll be saved. The Bible also says that if you don't, you won't. You're not right with God. It it isn't mountains you climb, it's mountains he's climbed for you. It's not death you die, it's the death he died for you. It's not... It's not about what you have to give. It's about what he gave for you. If you're here today and you want Jesus, it's a gift. You hold out your hands and you receive. A young man gets on a knee and proposes to a young lady that he loves. What is her job but to say yes? He did all the thinking, all the sweating, all the preparing. He bought the ring. He, he's trying to say to her, I love you, that this ring represents your value to me, this position on one knee. I'm, I'm humbling myself. I'm, I'm beseeching you, please, join me in covenant. Be mine for the rest of our lives. In the same way, God sends his son in a humble position as a gift that represents your value to him. And what's left to be done but to put your hands over your mouth, quiver a little bit, cry some, and say yes. Yes. If you're here right now and you need Jesus, maybe it's just that simple. Would you just, in your own heart, with your own lips, say yes? Last thing. I think there's room for repentance here today. As a matter of fact, open your eyes and just look at me, please. I think there's room for repentance here today. I just, I just kind of feel like the Lord just saying, it's a humble moment. We haven't talked about debt yet, but we're going to. We haven't talked about greed yet, but we're going to. But, but right now, I, I don't know why, but in our hearts, we have a very difficult time accepting love that we don't think we deserve. We have a very difficult time receiving gifts that we don't believe we've earned. Here's the problem will never be good enough to deserve the smallest trinket of God's affection for us. And yet he pronounces over you a blessing. You are blessed to be fruitful. You are blessed to multiply. No, no, I understand, my family, we're just blue-collar, we just work a day. We just, we've never, I don't have a college education. I, I get all of that. But don't let the excuses the devil puts in your heart make you so safe that you forget to remember the promises of God. It is easier to have faith in a God that does nothing so you can never be disappointed. But a God who does nothing is not God. It's religion. It's tradition. It's it's a masquerade. It's it's not for you. God wants you to be free. God wants you to bring freedom. God wants you to rule, to subdue, to be fruitful, to multiply. Do you see that? So there's room for repentance today. Altar workers are coming forward. If you're one of our altar workers, please make your way. These are people who can pray for you. But I just I, an appropriate guy's altar music tech team, you know what I'm saying, like, like more of this, not, not like the next service intro music, but just, I, some of you need to sit down and say, God, I'm sorry, because I have not believed that you're my blesser. I have not believed that you want me to get out of debt. I, I thought that by going to debt every time, I felt that conviction, 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 now I've dug this all. And I have to get myself out of it. There's never a hole you can dig that God doesn't want to get you out of. When we decided to become debt-free and we committed that to the Lord in repentance, we, we set together a four-year plan. It was going to be tough. We're going to have to fight for it. It's going to be cream of hot dog soup, stockings with coal in it for Christmas. But we just, we were tired. We're going to put our grandbabies' diapers on the same credit card we put our baby's diapers on. We've been paying it that long. How many of you guys ever had a, a loan so long as like having a pet? Student loans and stuff. When we made that four-year commitment to God, you'll never guess what God did. When there was a plan we asked him to bless, we were debt-free in 18 months. I'm not going to tell you how much money it was because it's embarrassing but tens of thousands of dollars on credit cards gone in 18 months. Because God blesses when we believe him and we start to walk like we do. God blesses that. And someday, 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 too many people die never having reached someday. We're going to fight for this. I want you free. I want you blessed. I want you to set captives free. Somebody say amen. All right. So I know I'm your pastor. I'm your friend. Let me just be your coach. Boom. Right? That took us. Enough. Let's be tired of it. Let's be tired of slavery because we're not supposed to be the tail. We're supposed to be the head. So, Father, I pray your blessings on these people. Some need to pray. Some need to sit down and just get right. Some they just need to get the seed deeper in their heart. They need to take time so that bridge can be built from their head to their heart. Some of them need to make decisions and choices before they leave this room. Some of them don't need anything I talked about today. They need to run to this altar and be prayed over because the doctor said, the lawyer said, the IRS said. I get that. And I applaud that, Father. If anybody walked in with a need not yet met, may they come to this altar until that need is brought before you so you can meet that need. I believe one of the greatest needs in this room, God, is just, we're going to talk about in days to come, but I just pray this blessing that you blessed Adam and Eve with would be ours. We would own it like you say we deserve.